This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. I woke up one morning and I'm like, that's it. I'm not making excuses anymore. I want to do this. I want to reopen my studio. I, I felt this pull to come back to it. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's guest is Shauna Crane, and she has had quite a personal journey during the growth of her business. Shauna has been a graphic designer for years, and she shares that while she never had a problem with charging for design, she struggled with her pricing for her photography work, and she talks all about how she finally overcame that block. Shauna's story is a big reminder how we truly need to make sure we're taking care of ourselves while we're on this path of entrepreneurship. We may come across trials and tribulations, but this is very possible to come out of it as a successful business owner. Shauna is someone who I've known for years, and it was so wonderful to be able to hear her story and her growth. Okay, let's get started with Shauna Crane. Hey, Shauna. Welcome to The Portrait System. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Nikki? I'm good. It's so good to talk to you. It is. I, I feel like it's been forever <laughs> since we I chatted, like, and not like by email, but you know, in voice to voice. I know. I know. Just for our listeners out there, just so they know that we've been working together for a long time and we email a lot because Shauna is, she has done most of, if not all of the design work for the Portrait Masters and Subrice Education. And also like you designed my email templates and you created, you know, all the templates in the Portrait Master store. So, well, not all, there's a couple in there from uh, Heike too. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. But the majority you did, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So Shauna's name might sound familiar to you, Shauna Crane, because she has done so much design work and we talk about her a lot. But that's not what we're going to talk about today, <laughs> because I know that your graphic design work was something that you've done for a very long time, but you wanted to mm-hmm. shift into being a full-time photographer. So yeah, we're going to talk about how you grew your business and all that good stuff. Yeah, which is actually quite a journey because it was harder for me in my mindset to switch from being a full-time graphic designer to a photographer. And I actually came across some... Um, what is to call them the, you know, your boundaries or your, um, your brick walls and mm-hmm. presenting yeah. yourself and feel not feeling so self-conscious. And I, I didn't even realize that I had this problem until 
I started my studio photography business. Yeah. I remember Sue saying something where you had said to her, and she, I believe she uses you as, as an example in one of the videos on SBE, mm-hmm. how you could charge whatever you wanted for graphic design and not feel guilty or have any issues around it. But as soon as it came to photography, you just like slipped completely. Lost my back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like totally went backwards. And I think that's so common for so many people. Yeah. It is. And that's what I was referring to. I didn't realize that I had a lack of confidence in selling my work and charging what I was worth until that. Mm-hmm. When it came to graphic design, I was so so confident in it. I knew it, you know, it had been, gosh, since 1997 that I've been a graphic designer. Oh, wow. Yeah. And when I was going to school, they taught you how to price yourself because there is a set guideline for it. There was actually a book from the Graph Designers Guild that they put out that give you, and they break it down from like regions and they give you the numbers on what is best to charge for certain things, like by product, by where you live, like how many people are going to see it. So I was already in that mindset when it came to graphic design and when it came into photography before I met Sue and was introduced to her business model, there was no set standard. Mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. what you charge and, you know, what you charge for headshots or what you charge for hair and makeup or what mm-hmm. you charge for, you know, a printed piece. And so when she introduced that business model, it was like, I had to wrap my mind around that, which I got the idea. I knew this is what you charge, but then I had to go over the hurdle of, am I good enough? Mm-hmm. Am I good enough to charge this? And I'm, I still kind of hit that wall every now and then. And I'm now that I'm reopened my studio after a couple of years, I am coming up with a price list for personal branding and headshots and coming up with my standard for that. It's not exactly the way Sue's is, but it's something that worked for me. Yeah. And that's okay. Using hers as a base. Yeah. I, I don't want people to, out there listening it you know, to think that just because Sue does it this way or teaches it this way that you can't modify it. I've modified the yeah. shit out of what she teaches, but the basic principles are there. It's just, yeah. I made it work for me and my business. And it sounds like, like that's what you're doing too. Yeah, it is. And everybody in town who is also a photographer, they all charge something different. There's a lot of shoot and burn photographers here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And at first I was frustrated with that because I would lose a client because somebody else wanted to give everybody all the images on a CD. Right. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's fine. You got to do what's what's right for you. And at first I would get a little bit miffed about it because I'm just like, what's wrong with me? And I'm like, I had to realize it wasn't, it wasn't about me. Mm -hmm. It was about what they wanted, what they valued. And that was the biggest hurdle to get over. And I have no idea why that shift was so hard. When it came from graph design to going to photography, or maybe it was because I just felt so insecure about the quality of work I was putting out. I never felt it was good enough. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Because, I mean, obviously your work is beautiful and definitely professional standards. So I, I, and we have some of the most amazing photographers where yes. you look at their work and you're like, wow. Yeah, it makes me feel intimidated. <laughs> but literally almost everyone who I've interviewed, regardless of how fantastically incredible their work is, has gone through this like 
self-value process of am I good enough? So I wonder, I don't know. There is something to be said for an industry to say, you know, when you're in school, this is what you charge and everyone's kind of around-ish the same. Mm -hmm. But like I've interviewed so many people who've gone to photography school, like proper university or, you know, programs Mm -hmm. where they do not teach you pricing. No, they don't. And I have been through those programs. I went to Brooks Institute. This is C, 2010, 2011. And I wanted to be a photographer professionally, aside from what I was doing already, which was I was doing headshots and product photography when I worked in advertising. But I never felt like I properly learned it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the, you know, the best lighting, the best um, studio setup. I'm just old school that way. You know, I felt like I had to go to school to learn this. Yeah. yeah. And so I found a program that taught that, but they didn't teach me anything about business yeah. or anything about pricing and barely about posing really. Right. So when I came across Sue's, I was like, I couldn't believe I was like, I wasted so much money going back to school. I wish she had been, you know, around. I mean, I know she was around, but I wish she had been teaching online prior to that because then I could have saved myself thousands of dollars. (laughs) Okay. Let's go back though. Let's kind of work through, you know, how you got to where you're at now and, and give people an idea of before you get started of what what you do shoot now mostly and just kind of what your business looks like in general? Well, I found that for me, what came so easily was doing headshots and doing personal branding because it was something, it's where I came from. Mm-hmm. When I was working in advertising, that was what I got the most of, headshots. And it kind of fell into it, really. I had been doing photography since high school, but I never imagined that it was something I could do professionally because I was a trained graphic designer. That's what I went to school for. That's what my degree is in. Mm-hmm. So getting started there, it just felt a natural transition to me. And I had started from like when I wanted to be a photographer before I came across Sue's teaching on Creative Live, I was shooting everything. I was doing weddings. I was a second shooter for weddings. I was a primary shooter for weddings. And frankly, I hated it. Mm -hmm. Props to all the wedding photographers out there because it is so stressful. I was so worried I was going to miss a shot, you know, like the most important shots. And you can't say, "Uh, I'm sorry, Brian, can we start over again? Because I missed that shot of you coming down the aisle with your dad. (laughs) (laughs) So it just, I didn't have a passion for it. And I did family photos outside. I did pet photos. And nothing really sparked joy for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) before that turn came around. But I just found that it was easier for me and it felt more genuine to do headshots and personal branding because it it is so close to, you know, my roots in marketing and advertising. And I still shoot, you know, things on the periphery like, you know, families, um, mother-daughter, glamour, but it's not really entirely where my heart is. I just feel so connected to doing headshots and, and personal branding. So that's yeah. what I'm doing now. Uh, yeah, it's what I'm I mostly market. Yeah, absolutely the same as you. Isn't it so great to not have to work weekends and just to be, oh. to be able to have normal <laughs> hours and people don't expect you to be available evenings and weekends? I still do work weekends because I'm doing two things, the photography and graphic design. I have right. to sometimes work on weekends, but it is nice to be my own boss and say, hey, guys, sorry, I'm going to take this weekend off. So I'm not going to be available till Monday. 
but most of the time I'll work the weekends because, you know, my kids are grown up now. Yeah, true. My youngest now is a senior in high school. So I have the time to devote to it that I didn't have when I first started out. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And so I feel like I'm very idle and I don't like being idle. (laughs) So (laughs) if I'm not working in my garden, I'm working, you know, on my computer or my boyfriend and I are hanging out and doing something fun. So for me, it's not a big deal to work on the weekend. I enjoy I enjoy work. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's it is it's different when you love what you do. It yeah. definitely is. Yeah. Before I had kids, you know, little kids, I worked all the time. Weekends, evenings, like <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely understand that. Okay, so let's back up then. You decided you were ready to jump into the photography world. You went to school for it, and then mm-hmm. what? I still kind of flailed. I was shooting everything, became a set, because what I was learning in school was specifically wedding and portrait photography. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know anything about the business. So when I came across Sue for the first time, I felt like I had a focus. And it brought me back into the studio because I didn't like shooting outside. And that's what all the photographers around me were doing. That's mm-hmm. what they were teaching you in school. And I didn't like that environment because it seemed to be more about the background, the outside, and less focus on the person. And growing up, I have these amazing old black and white photos of my relatives, relatives I've never met because they're so, these pictures are over a hundred years old mm-hmm. and they're all done in a studio. And I just felt more connected to that style of photography because it became more about the person. When I'm looking at those photos, I can see you know, my kids in them, I can see myself. I'm like, oh my God, this, you know, my dad looks so much like my great, great grandfather. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to do more of that, just didn't know how. So when I first started learning from Sue, it was, oh my God, let me try all these different things. I loved, love, love, love her style, this, this beautiful glam, like updated glamour look and using, you know, the fabrics and beautiful dresses. And I still want to do that. It's just, I was so much more drawn to getting headshots of people for their business because of all the businesses I work for as a graphic designer, they're lacking these things. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, how can I help you with this and still do your graphic design? But I really want to give you this beautiful presence for your business. This is, you represent your business. And so you need to have this, a great photo that represents your brand. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just, it kind of is a, a full circle thing. So it took me a few years to get to that point from the time when I, when I started, I would say that it's after 2010. So from 2010 to 2012, I was kind of like finding, you know, the style and the genre that would rest for me. And then when I started learning from Sue, it was more of an evolution, learning everything I could about styling a photo shoot and, lighting and posing was the biggest thing I learned from her. Yeah. Because it was something that I, the skill that I lacked so much learning in school. And I was like, it was a question I was always asking my teachers and they were just like, well, you know, just do this, do that. But I'm like, but there's gotta be more to it. Like, how do I get them into that pose? And that's the gap that Sue filled for me was how to get them from just standing there in front of your camera to in this beautiful pose that makes them feel confident. And, you know, for the clients that want to lose, you know, want to lose weight before they come into a photo shoot, I give them that feel from that pose or from the posing they do for them. And so it was, it wasn't too long before 
when I started getting to networking and meeting people and I was still marketing both graphic design and photography like I do now, that headshots really became the majority of my work. And when I hooked up with Go Red for Women, mm-hmm. which was 2013, so it was when I was first getting into networking and I met up with these women and I started using those creative skills that I learned from Sue to do really beautiful glamour shots or glamour photography, glamour style photography, not glamour shots. <laughs> and just, it gave me an outlet to be creative and, and take those things that I learned to the next level. And so after about six years of doing that with them, I just felt like headshots and personal branding were where my heart lied. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. Cause I, th- I think, you know, similarly to you, I think a lot of people just shoot anything and everything, which is great at the beginning to figure out what it is that you feel passionate about, what it is that makes you, you know, want to work weekends and want to, mm-hmm. you know, just love what you do. And it's just a matter of finding out what you're passionate about. Yeah. I think it took me a little longer to get there because I was still working as a graphic designer and as a freelancer. So I'm out there trying to get work that's going to pay me right now, which was graphic design at the time and trying to shoot you know, photography in between all that or in concert with it. So my evolution is is taking me a little while. And now I'm kind of like, I feel like I'm there now. I'm exactly where doing what I want to do, where I want to be in that and just growing now from this, from this point. Yeah, that's awesome. So when you decided, okay, you know, this is what I want to do. I feel like this has been, I mean, it's been several years that this has been an evolution for you. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, a little bit slow, but yeah. Well, I don't know. If, I mean, everyone has their own life path and their own, you know, timeline. And and you also, okay, this is what I wanted to say too. Is like you had your have your graphic design business still to fall back on. And when you don't have that fire lit under you, sometimes it just we can take a little bit longer because there isn't yeah. that like I need to pay the bills kind of feeling because you know you have the graphic design work too. Do you think that had anything to do with it? It did. And my personal life really slowed me down too. I was in a, and I don't, I don't like talking about it too much, but it is a part of my story about my evolution, but it's so painful and it's so private. It's, it's hard to know where to draw the line talking about that. But I was in a very tumultuous marriage and Mm -hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't happy. And it was chaotic and trying to, you know, raise my children, make them happy, make this other person happy. And I was working on graphic design for his businesses and he wanted me to make that a priority. And I couldn't make myself and my business a priority because it went on the back burner every single time I had to stop and do things for him. And it got so it got so frustrating and i wanted to make this person happy while at the same time not making myself happy mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that really got in the way of my progress and i don't want to blame him it's not his fault i made those choices but once i got out of it and i had to heal i really just hit the ground running yeah so this was like let's see 4 years ago 2017 2018 i had filed for divorce in 2017 moved out a few months later and um, I had moved my studio into a bigger space in the building that I'm in now. And 
I was busy. I literally just put everything into my work because I, I could now, mm-hmm. you know, finally I had this freedom that I didn't have before and I was booking clients right and left. And I think my sales were up to like, my average was like six ninety five, and I was doing mostly just headshots in person, kind of a, a hybrid of headshots with personal branding. I was kind of evolving at that, at that point. And all of a sudden it's just like, my personal life came crashing down again. Yeah. And then physically, I started feeling sick before I even filed for divorce. And I didn't, I thought it was just stress of, you know, being in this situation. Mm-hmm. Divorce is not easy. And then on top of that, I just, I couldn't go see a doctor because my insurance got canceled without my permission. Oh my so, God. <laughs> yeah, I had gone to a doctor who had taken a bunch of, you know, blood tests. And he was thinking, oh my God, you have cancer, you have leukemia. And I'm like, what? Oh my gosh. How scary is that? Yeah. And for a whole year until I could go see an oncologist, I thought, oh my God, I'm dying. And so I was just in a fog and I couldn't concentrate on anything. I was tired all the time and I, and burnt out. And I was trying so hard to do balance both these businesses being a single mother and taking care of my my youngest child who was had just started high school and living on my own again for the first time in 17 years almost mm-hmm. and just trying to navigate this new life and my business is at the same time and when I finally um, was able to start going to a doctor again and the pandemic happened, oh <laughs> I'm <God>. like, oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> so I had to wait as soon as I went to an oncologist and they started doing all the testing and figure out what was wrong with me. Everything got shut down. Yeah. And by this time, I was already so emotionally drained. I had closed my studio, the one that, with this big room that I had in the building you know, put everything in storage, decided to just do graphic design because I just, I couldn't, I had nothing left to give to people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you're shooting, you're, it, for me anyways, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah. I mean, I love doing, I love interacting with people, especially one-on-one and, and making them feel beautiful. But at that point in my life, I just felt so drained and I couldn't give anything to anybody. And graphic design to fall back on was great because I could do it from behind a computer in, you know, basic solitude. And that's at that time, that's what I had to do. It's what I, what I needed to, to recharge myself and get better. Yeah. And, and with the pandemic, I was able to kind of disguise what was going on with me and hide it from everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I think something that is, it's just so important for people to take away from as, you know, while listening to your story is that our own health and well-being and our children, like that needs to come first. And sometimes that means putting the business on the back burner. I mean, as long as you can put food on the table, Mm -hmm. like it's okay to not be full speed ahead with your business all of the time. Yeah. You know, like you need to take care of you first because if we are not in a healthy mental and physical state, it it's nearly impossible to grow a business. I mean, we've got to at least have you know some sort of <laughs> of you know, stress and everything can just add to the chaos. I mean, it 
anyway, my point is that it's so important if, you know, if you're listening out there and you're thinking it's not a good time to start your business because you've got so much going on, like you don't have to be, you know, running a sprint. Like it can be a marathon where it just takes longer and that's okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it was more, I would say it was more like a a cross country. (laughs) (laughs) But look where you're at now, you know? I I know. Oh, my God. And it's been like, just in the last few months, I felt like, well, after I had my surgery, and they found the doctors found out what was wrong with me, and I had surgery, which was last December. I remember waking up from the anesthesia and just like feeling so euphoric. Mm. And I felt my body healing immediately. And I was just like, oh my God, I want, I started imagining like what I wanted to do. And I wanted to get back into photography. I wanted to open up my studio again. I'm like, just all these ideas started flooding into me. And I was like, I guess manifesting what I wanted and just thinking, imagining what it was going to look like, what I'd be doing, how I was going to initiate and get the ball rolling again so that I could reopen. And Aside from my, you know, actual physical sickness, I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress and depression on top of everything else. I was like, great, another fucking thing I have to deal with. Seriously. So I kept getting different. I I didn't believe the first doctor. I was like, there's no way. I mean, I've been away from, you know, this marriage for a couple years now how is this coming up? Mm-hmm. And I went to two other doctors to get a second and third opinion. And they all concurred that this is, this is the, the problem. I wasn't burnt out. I was going through depression. And I, the reason I couldn't be around people is because I was afraid to be. And I had to go to therapy. So for the last six months now, I've been in intense therapy and on antidepressants. And within a month or two months of talking to a therapist intensely about everything that had been going on for the last few years, I started feeling better. And I came out of this fog. And I woke up one morning and I'm like, that's it. I'm not making excuses anymore. I want to do this. I want to reopen my studio. I, I felt this pull to come back to it. And I had tried like during the pandemic, like a few months before my surgery and months after to take a couple of sessions at my house in front of, in my, you know, kind of partially in my garage, out of my garage, doing these outdoor shoots, kind of like the, from Sue's video, the doing the um, harsh light series. Mm -hmm. So I put these V flats up, some black and whites, and I was doing headshots and just trying to feel my way through it again and be around people again and kind of seeing, you know, is it still in me? Do I still want to do this? Right. And probably was it in June, I just decided that's it. I was downtown at the courthouse <laughs> dealing with my divorce, another, another another episode of my divorce. And I drove by my old the building where my old studio used to be. And I went in to talk to the building manager and asked her, hey, is there any space available? And she says, oh, my God, yeah. And we walked to the room right next door to her. And when I walked in, I've, I got this, like, oh, my God moment, this, like, deja vu. And it was nearly exactly the space I had imagined the, the, the morning I woke up from my surgery. Wow. 
And I'm just like, oh my God, I, I can do this again. Yeah. It was so inspiring. I'm just like, wow, did I really, you know, imagine this? And it came to life. From that moment, it was just like, okay, I'm just going to get all my stuff out of storage. You know, I redid the floors. I started moving everything back in and I made the announcement, hey, my studio is reopening in July of 2021. And I just kind of hit the ground running. I, <laughs> before I even, I haven't even started advertising yet. And I had been getting calls for headshot sessions, like all of a sudden, out of nowhere. See, it, that <laughs> mindset is so important. Even it if is. you don't think it is, or even if, you know, we're like, whatever, it is. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy how, you know, I'm not, I'm not a religious person and I don't know if, you know, thinking that, you know, being, you know, the universe in that sense is necessary religion, but, and Sue talks about that a lot, but it is so true, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking and, and deciding, making a decision to do that, suddenly put it out into the universe. And all of a sudden it came right back to me. Like I decided I wanted to do this again. I put it out there. Didn't even realizing I was putting it out there. It was just something I wanted to do. And it immediately came to me. So yeah. it was so, yeah. I, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but I just, I, I, I talked to my boyfriend about it and we just started laughing. And just like, he's like this, you do this all the time. You think whenever you think something and you, you follow through and you do it. He's like, I'm in awe of you. And it just made me feel so feel so good to have somebody there for me who encourages me and doesn't try to change me mm-hmm. or tell me how to do it their way. Mm-hmm. Just lets me be totally. And I've I had never had that in my life. Yeah, you know, Shauna, that has come up. I can't even count how many times in our group in the Facebook group mm-hmm. where people are like, "What do you do?" when you have a partner or a parent or people who are just not supportive of you and your business, can you share a little bit just about, and I, and I know you have like complete extreme opposites here, but if you were to give advice to someone maybe who was in a situation where their partner was not supportive of what they were doing, what advice would you give to people who are listening? Well, I know I did it the wrong way because it was a very different situation. I think probably a lot of people have, you know, having just a basic, the basic person who doesn't support you. Mm -hmm. It's kind of with my mother. My dad always wanted me to do something with, you know, computers. My mom wanted me to do something with art, but growing up, it was just never encouraged for me to go to college or do this or do that. And I would be like, Oh, you don't want me to do that. You don't think I can do that. Watch this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was just like, don't ever tell me I can't do something because I'm going to prove you wrong every single time. Mm -hmm. And I was very defiant that way with my mom, not with my dad, because my dad had passed away, you know, long before I ever went to college, but it was, it was, you know, headbutting with her. And with my ex, it was, it was not so much not that he didn't support me. He just wanted me to do it his way. And I'm like, you run a completely different kind of business than what this is. This is a, what, you know, Sue calls it a luxury brand. It is. Mm-hmm. And you have to, oh, you're charging too much and this and that. And I'm like, this is the business model. I'm following this business model. You do yours. You stay in your lane and let me stay in mine. And... I mean, my advice would be just, you know, follow your heart. If this is what you want to do, you have to just ignore 
the naysayers. I know it's hard. Is really hard, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to you know your spouse because you guys are a team, or at least you should be, and you're working together to build a life together and and support each other, not just emotionally but financially. So you have to make sure that what you're doing isn't being reckless. You know that you're on a good footing, that you're doing it in a way that is still sustainable to your guys's lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you, if you talk to them about what you want, what your intentions are, and if they are agreeable to that, great. If they're not, you have to make a decision whether or not you're going to defy that and, and just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I remember, because this is something we talked about in, in depth, you know, within mm-hmm. the group and on some of the lives where it was... <sighs> One thing that Sue said that I think was really important is you don't necessarily, I mean, when it's your partner, if someone is trying to like dictate how you work and how you spend your money and that sort of thing, that's something you have to really, you know, do some soul searching Mm -hmm. about and decide if that is something you want to, you know, to be part of your partnership and relationship. Like there's a whole other level of depth when it comes to that. But if you've just got someone who is telling you you're charging too much, no one will pay that in our town, what are you thinking, who's going to spend money, that much money on photos and that type of situation, is to not tell them what you're going to do and not share the entire process and try to convince them, but just do it and show them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't ask for permission. Exactly. Because that then puts you in the in the position of being not so much submissive, but well, it, you're giving them the opportunity to tell you that you can't. Yeah, that's it. If you know, if you give them permission, it's for you know you're like saying, oh, then you giving them the opportunity to say no, mm-hmm. no, you can't do this, no, you can't. Yeah, follow your dreams. Mm-hmm. When you ask for feedback, you are opening yourself to feedback, and you need to be willing to take it. But if you <laughs> yeah. let someone know, you know, thank you, but I am not looking for feedback at this point. You know, I appreciate your thoughts. And I wasn't really looking for, for feedback, you know, yeah. frankly. Yeah. Like I said, I feel like I did it wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was not in a good position to, and I did, I did ask for permission and I shouldn't have, especially with the wrong person. But now it's like, I was already doing this when I met my boyfriend. And I remember when the first time he came by my studio and it had a window so he could see in what I was doing and I was photographing somebody and when I, I walked out and, and we were talking, he's, he was just like, it's so awesome to see you working and doing what you do. You look so happy doing it. And I was just like, wow, this is, mm-hmm. this is fun. This is different. And even when I wanted to, I needed to stop, he was like, it's okay. You know, you know, I'm here for you. Just do what makes you happy. And still, he wasn't disappointed in me when I, when I stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm I'm starting it up again, he's just like I, I'm seeing you light up again. You look so happy, and that is the ideal situation. <laughs> I, I wish everybody could have that encouraging, you know, a significant other. Mm-hmm. I wish I had had that in the beginning. I probably would have. It would have been easier, uh, an easier road for me. But honestly, I don't feel like I have the best advice for anybody in the situation. Cause I, I went from one extreme to another. Yeah. There is no, there wasn't a middle ground for me on this one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
the amazing thing, though, is that you learned so much through the process. Mm-hmm. And you were able to really kind of put out there what you wanted and what you were looking for through yeah. your business, through a partner, because you had that experience, you know, yeah. with your ex and just the whole trauma of it all. Yeah. I actually even had a manifesting moment when it came to, because my first therapist was telling me within this first, this therapist didn't really delve into where, you know, my problems were lying. And she said, Oh, you need to go out and start dating. Just get out there and meet somebody and just, just try it out and see what it's like. And I, I was so against the idea and that's how I met my boyfriend. It was just in a suggestion of my first therapist. <laughs> um, Look at that. <laughs> I know. But before that, I, I remember walking into my studio and I was so upset and I was crying and I just yelled out into the universe exactly what I wanted in a partner. Even mm-hmm. if it took 10 years to find them, I didn't want to find myself back where I was. Yeah. And so I asked for specific traits and four months later... There he was. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. It's weird how you can manifest not just what you want in your business, but what you want in your personal life as well. It works in any situation, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about, you know, how this has helped your business. And just now that you have such a clear path and vision for what you want, you know, you've shot all the genres, you've done it all, you know, everything, and you have narrowed your focus to something that brings you joy. Let's talk a little bit about how you do this, how you price it, what your shoots look like, and that sort of thing. Well, I actually went to pricing headshots. I did the, it was kind of a whim. I just wanted like uh, something to get people in the door. So I started mm-hmm. this headshot special like three, three years ago, and it was $99 headshots. And I was only doing it for a limited time only. I had just moved into this new space and I wanted to attract attention. And so I put this huge poster in a, in a gold frame in the window so people would pass by and see it. And I got a lot of calls. People were buying like three, four headshots. And I was like, wow, I expected them just to buy one. Mm-hmm. And I got such a great response from that. I kept it. And then when it came to personal branding, I'm like, well, maybe I should do the same thing and kind of price what it would be individually. So I looked at my portrait pricing for, um, you know, when you come to styling and, and, and the full on mother daughter type of shoot or a kind of a glamour shoot. And, you know, I was doing the, the seven by uh, nine. <laughs> I haven't printed this so long. I'm forgetting my, my portrait <laughs> sizes. I've been doing so much, you know, digital work now that I am forgetting, but it was like, I started at 275 for an image and I'm like, well, why can't I do that for, you know, personal branding too, and just do it by one image. So I started pricing them at, 159 just for one image. And then people started buying three or four of them. And I'm like, maybe I should just start doing packages. So I started creating packages. <laughs> and then I'm like, you know what, maybe I should, you know, people are coming to me with, I'm seeing their design work and their online presence isn't matching what, you know, this new image is. Well, let me, let me throw in some graphic work into that too, like business cards, you know, the social media headers, headers yeah, for their so website. Smart. And so I started creating more packages on top of that. And I just redid it again because now I'm, you know, I've reopened and I'm making a new magazine for headshots and personal branding. So I put my, all my pricing on there and I started writing the whole thing out and creating individual pricing for one picture, you know, cause you do have out of, I would say out of 10 people, two of them will buy one image, but most of people will buy three or more. It just made more sense to me to 
give that option. Like the, you know, it's not like, I don't want people to feel like they can't come to me because I'm too expensive for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, some people just want that one picture to get started. They're, you know, they're just starting out in their business, just like, you know, the graphic designers who I do templates for just starting out in their business and they can't afford to hire a professional graphic designer. So it's kind of, it was kind of the same thing for me, giving people an intro into it. And the people that have come to me for just one picture come back to me to photograph them again. In fact, next week I'm photographing two women, one of which I photographed the first six months I was open. And she's still using that picture that I photographed her of for all of her marketing. Wow. And now I'm going to reshoot her I re-photograph her and she's going to be using all these new pictures for her marketing. She's going to do a whole personal branding package. Nice. That's awesome. And I'm glad that we have you on to talk about this because a lot of people that we have on just do the package package only. Yeah. And so to have that perspective of just doing the one photo where you're right, maybe clients will come back once they've grown their business a little bit more and they have the budget for it. And so, yeah, you can do it either way. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not spending like three hours with every person to photograph them. My headshot sessions take 30 minutes, personal branding an hour. And my editing time, I'll call down my images. I, I tell them I'm going to, for headshots, I show 12 images in their gallery. That's kind of old school because when, when we used to do film, you had, you know, your full frame images that came in, the negatives had 12 total roll. So I'm kind of using that as my as my base from from that concept. So 12 images for the headshots they get to choose from. And I, you know, you could do so much with just a headshot, you know, their mm-hmm, expression, mm-hmm. The, the the shoulders, kind of the movement, especially with women, you can do a lot more over the shoulder and things like that up against the wall. I even do that with guys up against the wall with their arms folded. So I give with headshots, I kind of incorporate their arms and hands sometimes into that as well. But it doesn't take me a lot of time. And my editing process is like if I'm picking 12 of the best, I'm editing just minor editing, you know, like hair, you know, flyaways, you know, blemishes, little things like that. So I think I spend maybe 30 minutes editing, if that, 15 sometimes. Yeah. So it's not like I'm spending a ton of time on it and I can crank them out. If I had, you know, three or four headshots, I can get them all done in a couple of days. So I've had, I had three photo shoots a couple of weeks ago in the same week. And I got them their images. The first person they needed an overnight the next day. So I got theirs done first. Then the next day I edited the other two. And by, within two to three business days, they had their images to look at on their online gallery. Awesome. And they each, one person bought four and the other the other two bought three images. And it I'm doing really well with that. I know at some point <laughs> I get re- I'm going to get busy. I can feel it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to find an editor to do, you know, just the basic editing for me so I can crank them out faster. But at this pace, I'm doing really, really well. Yeah, that's awesome. Again, it goes back to figuring out what works well for you. Yeah. I guess it doesn't hurt either that I have a graphic design background. So I already knew how to edit before I became a photographer, a professional photographer. Right. Because I was, or I, I was self-taught editing and then I learned how to do it the right way. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I found out I, they weren't too far from each other. Well, okay. So, so Shauna, if, if I were to come to you, maybe, maybe just tell us about what your packages include. And I know people can get the a la carte, but like if I wanted your either medium or large package and I wanted it to include graphic design, what would that look like? My um, largest package is $2,695. And that includes 15 images, which for personal branding, it's going to be a mix of headshots with three quarter image. 
So you have like, you know, sometimes people want to show their, sh their shoes and I'll put that in there too, but that just, we make that, you know, that decision during the photo shoot. But that includes 15 images and then three pieces of graph design work. And I have a list of options for them to choose from, from designing a logo all the way to even a billboard. Oh, nice. Yeah. So they choose the three design pieces they want, and that's included in the package. Then my individual images for headshots start at $99 and go up from there. So I also have group rates for 20 and over. It goes down to $59 per image, and then they get a little bit less. So if the person that single person that comes in, they'll get 12 images to choose from. But then from those images, I'll crop them into um, square crops for their profile images and then extend backgrounds if they need them for one specific image. So they'll get a little bit more. But for the groups, they only get to choose up to five images for women and three for men because you get, you're getting to a lot of people. You um, have to do a lot more editing. So I kind of since I'm lowering the price for a larger group, they get a little bit less. And yeah, then yeah. for the packages for personal branding, those start at $6.95 and they go up to the $2,695. Okay. Yeah. And then as far as where you're shooting in your studio, you're not in your house or outside anymore, right? But you have a separate studio space outside of your home. Yeah. I was shooting in my, um, my garage slash front yard and now I have an actual studio space. It's one big room. It's uh, 356 square feet, huge tall ceilings. I think that they're like 15 feet high. <laughs> nice. So I was able to bring in studio lights this time because I have those high ceilings. And that's something new that I'm bringing in to kind of level up because I was shooting all natural light before mm -hmm. um, with window. And I have a ton of windows and such beautiful light in there. Oh, that's so great. So I can still do the natural light photos and mix them now with, with studio light. And I just have the bare bones this time. My previous studios, I actually had a couch. I had a whole, you know, three, two makeup stations and then a separate shooting area, a separate viewing area. But I've really, you know, from going back home and starting from scratch again, going back to bare bones. Now, basically all I have is my lights, my backgrounds, a desk a viewing wall and a small makeup station with a mirror. And I, and then I have my props, like my, the posing boxes. So I have three sets of those. I have a couple of like little step ladders and um, a couple of stools and it's, that's basically it. <laughs> oh, and a rack of clothes with just a very small wardrobe for people who, you know, I, things that I bought for myself or things that I liked that were very inexpensive that I just put into the studio for people who ever want you know, want something a little bit different than what they have in their closet. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it so great to kind of simplify like that? It I've, is. Been, I've been doing the same. I'm like, uh, I just got rid of so many dresses that I just, we have this annual garage sale, mm -hmm. like near our house, this huge annual garage sale. And I just, I was just selling. It's funny because I had this big poofy skirt that I use for years, but it takes up so much space and I have uh -huh. so many photos in it. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sell it. And this woman came up and she's like, I'm a photographer and I just really think the skirt would, would be great for my photo shoots. And I was like, well, let me just tell you all about that. And I like pulled on my Instagram and I was showing her all the photos where I've, you know, used the skirt. And so she ended up buying it and a bunch of other dresses. It was just kind of funny because some people are at this the point where they want to have, you know, the dresses and whatever. And that's so great. And it's just not what I want anymore. So everyone is yeah. just insane with you. Like everyone's just at a different phase and stage and that's okay. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I went through that stage of, I made a bunch of skirts and I made these little, they're not really hats, but they're, I don't know, these little poofs I would put on people's heads Mm -hmm. that I learned from Sue and, you know, all the styling videos. And I just, you know, now that I've kind of reincarnated it again, my studio, I realized I didn't need all that, especially since I'm doing mostly headshots and personal branding. There's no need for any of that. Yeah. I have a few pieces that, you know, are sparkly, sequency dresses, but for the most part, I put everything up on eBay and kept just like basic outfits, you know, like solid colored things that could be used in a personal branding shoot or headshot session that I like in just mm-hmm. some different colors. And most of my, the sizes I kind of kept from like size 12 and up because I find that most of my clients who have, you know, more of a wardrobe or knee pieces are in that size range. Yeah, that's awesome. So I just kind of kept the women that were, you know, basically the same size I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I just kind of, I just, I see something online. I saw this beautiful white dress and it was on sale for half off and I got it for 28 bucks and it's a beautiful white, it kind of like a day dress, but it can be an evening dress. And I just thought, oh, I would love to shoot somebody on a white background with this in natural light or something. So I bought it for the studio and I can't wait to photograph somebody in it. But yeah, I just kept, I just kept it so simple now. And it's funny to go from, you know, I did very little in my house. I had very little there to having a studio with everything to then, you know, selling it all and starting over from scratch again and just finding that having the basics is really all I needed the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how little you truly need. It is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and then I, so. I bought a posing table and a stool. So that's something new. The lights and the posing table are new. Awesome. Actually, that kind of leads me into my my first question for you for the, the questions I always ask at the end of each episode. And that is, what can't you live without when you're doing a photo shoot? Oh, God. Light. <laughs> that's the only thing I can live without. <laughs> Everything else is kind of, it, it's just gravy. But light is the one thing I can't live without. Yeah, for sure. And as long as I have that, I can do anything. Now, you said you do a mix of natural light and studio light? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's going to be new now. Yeah. So as of as of July, <laughs> as of last month. Yeah, very cool. I'm still playing with it because I haven't used those lights since the first, was it the second, the second Portrait Masters, and I was manning a booth with the Vanity Fair light, and I loved it so much I started playing with it, so I bought the same setup. And I'm watching all the lighting videos right now on SBE and just getting re-familiarized with it. Before, when I was using not natural lights, I was using, I was using strobes. I was using like, um, it was the flash, the Canon flash that came with my camera. And I would use it on camera and off camera. And so I was already familiar with using a basic studio light and continuous light that kind of mimicked window light. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watching sure. these videos and trying these different setups. And I just cannot wait to just put all those images out there and give this new life and just uh, finally bring to fruition the things that I see in my head and, and the, the different setups that I want to do. So exciting. So fun. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a kid in the candy store. Yeah, you know, like totally. uh, <laughs> I've got my new toys and I can't wait to play with them. <laughs> uh huh. So awesome. 
Okay, number two, how do you spend your time when you're not working? I know you work a lot, but... <laughs> I'm gardening. Um, I was doing that years ago. I just had, I would always have like a small little herb garden. And when I um, moved into this new house about a it was right before the shutdown, I had this whole area in the back along the the perimeter of the the fence that was all just dirt. And then I have grass. And so... I just started, you know, gardening and I started off with some herbs and then I started doing vegetables and I would buy, you know, plants that are already grown at the hardware store. And then I started doing seedlings and now it's grown into this huge um, vegetable garden in the background. And I have pumpkins and watermelons growing back there. And that's awesome. (laughs) And you probably saw them on Facebook on my personal page, but I had grown this uh, watermelon that was 22.2 pounds in the first watermelon ever grown. (laughs) And now I have a a pumpkin out there that a couple days ago was the size of a baseball. And now it's like, like a beach volleyball now. Oh my gosh. So cool. Yeah. So it's great. It's just so much fun to get out there in the dirt and play in it. And I go out there and water every night when the sun goes down and here in Bakersfield, I mean, up until a couple days ago, it had been 110, 115 degrees. So it's hard to garden during the day here. So I do a lot of, a lot of it at night and pull weeds uh, once the sun has gone down and I'm, I'm pretty, you know, pale. So if I'm out there for five minutes in the sun, I start to burn. So it's probably not like the best, <laughs> the ideal situation as a gar- as a new gardener to be in, but I absolutely love it. It is so much fun and it is so rewarding to watch something grow from a seed into an enormous watermelon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Growing your own food is just the coolest thing. It so is. Awesome. And I have like all sorts of different things out there, like kohlrabi, zucchini, um, squashes, the, the yard beans and, um, tomatoes. I've basically everything out there that I would, that I make for dinner every night. I just go out there, pick something, clean it off and I make it for my family for dinner. Oh, so great. I love it. Okay. So next question is what's your favorite inspirational quote? Oh, (laughs) life's a banquet and most poor suckers are starving to death. And that's a quote that's taking me from childhood into adulthood. And I first heard it when I was watching an um, old movie from the 1950s called Auntie Mame with Rosalind Russell. And it, she, the character just inspired me to just like live life to the fullest. And another quote, which also comes from a movie, because I think I'm a movie file, comes from Under the Tuscan Sun. And it says, never lose your childhood enthusiasm. And it's something that I feel like even at the age of 46, I still see life through the eyes of a child sometimes like being you know looking up at the sky and just being in awe of a a sunset and getting excited because there's stars in the sky Mm -hmm. you know just little things like that just like stopping to smell the roses to just enjoying everything that life has to offer no matter what your situation is I love it. I feel like it also sort of means that there is so much out there if you just look and take the risk and just do it. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, people get stuck in their own like small box bubble mm-hmm. and don't explore and and try new things. Yeah. I, I know there's this uh, thing that Sue has said before, like if it scares you and excites you, then you should do it. Yeah. And I didn't even realize even before, you know, I met her and, and she said that to me that I was already doing that with life. I, I've been taking the big risks in everything 
in, you know, in school, in life, in business, in my personal life, making those hard decisions and even the easy ones, but the ones that really are life changing and, you know, building back up from nothing and coming back up again. You know, it's just, it is a formula for life. You know, you have your ups, you have your downs and it helps you when you're down to remember those two quotes. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Okay. Number four is what will you tell people who are just getting started? You really just need the basics. Um, Like we talked about earlier that the only one thing that I need is light and I can make anything happen. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Having started from a home studio and building up to, I had a big studio outside of my home and I had everything I could possibly need. And realizing once I took all that away, I really didn't need everything. I just needed the basics. And that's what I have now. So, you know, it sounds exciting to buy a huge wardrobe, to buy every prop out there. And it's fun to use it, but then you start realizing after a while you don't need all those things. So just, just watch out for that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's great advice. I think people spend too much money on things they don't need at the beginning. And then it's like, why am I not making any money? (laughs) (laughs) There's always eBay. Just get rid of it. You know, Um, Marie Kondo, your studio, if it doesn't bring you joy and it doesn't bring you money, (laughs) you don't need it. What's, what's your favorite, favorite quote uh, with that? Oh, does it make your ship go faster? Mm -hmm. If it doesn't, you don't need it. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, uh, Shauna, where can people find you online if they're looking for you? At redcraneportraits.com. That's red like the color, crane like the bird, and portraits with an S at the end. I'm also on Instagram at Shauna Crane, I think, or it's at Red Crane Portraits, and on Facebook at Red Crane Portraits. I'm also on YouTube and LinkedIn as Shauna Crane. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you again. I know you shared some personal information, but... You know, I feel like when when you are at a place where you are comfortable sharing, that's when you help the most people. So I know someone listening is going to be definitely gaining a lot of knowledge and inspiration and support from you. So thank you. You're welcome. I hope I hope it does help. And I apologize if it gets too personal, but without that part of my story, which has really affected not just my personal life, but also my business, I wouldn't be being authentic. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Cool. Well, all right, Shauna, I will talk to you soon. And thank you again. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed this. Good, good, good. All right. Bye, honey. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. 